0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on vision.
1: As we do on a Monday, good to catch up with the latest political agenda for the week and a special guest today from the Australian Christian Lobby, Dan Flynn, who's the Chief Political Officer, joining us. Hello, Dan. Welcome along to 2020.
0: It's my pleasure, Neil. How
1: are you? I'm really well, thank you, Dan, and uh, feeling a little refreshed from the weekend. But, uh, you know, coming in this morning and preparing for our segment, uh, there are some significant issues that are going on around the nation, things that you might not have even a decade even assumed that things would be at this point as they are. And uh, I do want to talk to you about the Religious Discrimination Bill, and we'll we'll talk about that in just a few moments. But let's talk about Western Australia for a few moments, because uh, in WA there's been a long debate over euthanasia, and there's been this almost rushed uh, way of getting legislation through the lower house and then into the upper house, and it's almost going to be law in WA. What's the latest that you're aware of?
0: Uh, euthanasia has passed in WA, uh, which is a, a national tragedy. Uh, this has taken on because euthanasia passed in Victoria. And Neil, we were very disappointed with the Victorian legislation, which is quite liberal. It has some safeguards, so called safeguards, but uh, what's most disturbing is they are completely lacking in a WA bill. Just a couple of things. One of the big selling points from the government in Victoria was that doctors. Could not recommend euthanasia to a patient. Well, in WA, uh, that uh, it's clear the doctor can recommend. So uh, that leads to all sorts of possibilities of uh, relatives recommending this to doctors that they discuss it with, you know, mum or dad. Uh, so uh, that very significant barrier has fallen. Um, also, that what they have legalised is not just assisted suicide, but also. Uh, doctors administering euthanasia. And in Victoria, uh, the position was uh, a doctor could only administer euthanasia if the patient was incapable of taking the drugs themselves. So uh, this is really a license for doctors to both suggest euthanasia and administer it.
1: Okay, so not many, if any at all, safeguards in the WA Bill, and I note too that there's been some commentary around the idea that young people in particular are not adequately protected at all.
0: Yes, and we'll see that show up on the mental health uh, front. So uh, in Victoria, uh, there is some screening for uh, a mental health underlying issue uh, that that ought to be referred for. Uh, some for a psychiatrist uh, to consider uh, or someone qualified uh, in that respect. But here, there's no need to refer anybody who may have an underlying mental health issue. It may be apparent that they're presenting with that, but any two GPs, no specialist need to be involved, uh, can authorise this euthanasia. And again, that's another difference in Victoria. uh, A specialist is required in the area of sickness. So here you may have somebody who has uh, advanced cancer. Instead of involving a specialist in that field, any two GPs who are set up shop to provide euthanasia uh, could tick off that. So it's definitely the most liberal law we have seen. And uh, I would say one of the most liberal in the world. There's only 18 jurisdictions in the world that have legalized this and WA's is possibly the worst
1: we remember Dan when Victoria legalized euthanasia and there was a, a lag a waiting period uh, between when the legislation passed and then when the first person would die uh, there's likely to be two years in wa from when this legislation becomes law to the time when uh, when the first person will die there is that uh, that two years what do you think of that sort of time frame
0: oh, well this is this is an implementation period uh, whereby they'll you know Train doctors, train those who uh, provide the uh, the killing drugs. Uh, so um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, developing the right departments, uh, developing the right medication. Um, but um, it doesn't really give much hope. Uh, it didn't give much hope in Victoria. 18 months in Victoria, two years in WA, much the same thing. Uh, Victoria has started, and uh, we're you know we are seeing disturbing outcomes there.
1: Let's talk religious freedom, because uh, there's a new draft exposure bill that's likely to be out this week, and it'll generate a whole lot more debate over what's been happening. And uh, in light of what's happened with Israel Laura and uh, Rugby Australia, the settlement last week, which uh, is absolutely intertwined with what's happening with religious freedom in Australia, what are your thoughts for how things might well have developed with this new draft that we're likely to see this week?
0: Neil, the timing of the settlement of the Israel Palau case and the government uh, pulling back to do a rethink of its religious discrimination bill is remarkable. Uh, the position was that there was a, an exposure draft uh, that had been out now for probably two months and there was a, a clear intention of the government to table uh, the bill and probably uh, send it off to a Senate inquiry. That, that would have happened last week. There was significant pushback from religious leaders who said, look, we actually can't support the bill in this form. And all credit to the coalition government. Uh, They have listened, they have um, paused on this, and this does show that the consultation process is working and it shows what happens uh, when people uh, speak up that this bill may actually make us worse off. So full marks to the government for taking this step to develop a further or a second exposure draft. I don't think we've seen this before in uh, Australian federal legislation. Um, I'm glad they're slowing it down. We'll, we'll see this bill um, you know, this week or next week. But the reality is that um, uh, these concerns uh, that have been evidenced in the Israel flower case um, need to be picked up, and the government has an ear for this. Israel Flower has been uh, clearly paid a substantial amount. I have no idea what it is um but um and there's been an apology to him uh, the fact that the payment was substantial uh tells us that rugby australia made an error in uh dismissing him in terminating his employment so the point of uh the legislation needs to be to ensure that that nobody can be sacked uh from their job uh for posting uh what is uh, you know a bible verse or a paraphrase of a bible verse it's really that simple
1: Uh, Dan you're a legal mind and when we talk about what's happened with Israel Folau the settlement has happened and uh, for some that will be the idea that well maybe that's now something of the past Uh, there is some uh, there's some acknowledgement there that businesses can't take advantage of a Christian who might post a Bible verse in the way that Israel Folau did but what about the concern that it never did go to court? There was never a precedent type of ruling uh, that might be able to be used in future uh, cases a little bit like this. Were you concerned that some things were uh, maybe sort of held up, uh, cut short there? Uh, is that likely to have some ramification longer term? What are your thoughts?
0: Look, I don't think so. I think that the um, the position that uh, this case went up uh, that... Uh, while it didn't go to trial, uh, there was a clear acknowledgement uh, by the Settlement of Rugby Australia that they have done the wrong thing. Now, um, in many respects, that's that's a precedent because uh, anyone who was paused to do that uh, in their workplace would pause because they know well, we may be paying out, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands and millions uh, because such a termination would be, you know, unlawful or likely to be unlawful. And so um, I think this outcome uh, sends a clear message uh, to employers that combined with the Religious Discrimination Act, which contains a flower clause, endeavouring to see this happen again, I think is all that was required uh, from this case.
1: Okay, staying on the Israel Falau issue just for a moment because I know listeners uh, will be wondering and uh, I know that there's been a commitment from uh, Martin Isles to refund... Uh, some of those funds uh, pro rata uh, that were raised to support the Israel for our case uh, yes. can you confirm how that's actually going to work or, uh, or whether that's going to happen? I know it won't be happening uh, very quickly it's actually a huge task but uh, any yes. thoughts on uh, on you know the commitment of the Australian Christian lobby as to what happens with those funds?
0: look that commitment hasn't changed uh, there are some 20,000 donors who've donated 2.2 2 million dollars. Um, uh, we don't know what the legal bill uh, is, uh, but uh, those donors are entitled to a pro-rata refund on any unspent uh, legal fees. Uh, So the appropriate calculations uh, will be made and uh, people will be informed very shortly um, of their entitlement and it will take us some time to get to the detail of what that amounts to in dollars and cents. And, uh, you know, so there's no doubt that this case would not have progressed as well as it did uh, without those contributions by so many generous Australians who actually saw that Israel for our case may well have been their case, and that's why they contributed $20, $50, $1,000. And, um, uh, you know, I think they'll be very pleased on the whole uh, with this outcome. The gospel has been preached as a result of this. Uh, It's very clear that uh, any other employer would be very reluctant to... Sack anybody under identical circumstances, uh, and they're all big wins for religious freedom.
1: Okay, lots to cover. Let me just draw some attention to what's going on in South Australia, where the Marshall Liberal government in South Australia has commissioned a report recommending a weakening of abortion laws. Uh, What are your concerns about what's uh, developing in South Australia?
0: South Australia has uh, abortion laws that are, you know, they're they're old, I think. uh, Passed about 1969, and uh, they require two doctors to authorise an abortion. Uh, what is now uh, in the mix is liberalising that, making it something like Victoria, where you know you can have an abortion uh, up to birth for for any reason. Uh, the particular uh, scenario uh, is likely to be, you know, abortion for um, you know for no reason, no articulated reason, up to about 24 weeks and then abortion beyond that for any reason. And that's what uh, we're likely to see. Um, we are very concerned that uh, the threshold will be lowered in South Australia. And, uh, you know, I think uh, nationally uh, we see through ultrasounds and so forth uh, that this is just plain wrong and that, um, you know, the life of a baby in the womb uh, really matters. Uh, and this is a, a case in which we're definitely on the right side of history, Neil, and I think, you know, certainly in our lifetime, uh, we are going to see uh, a major reduction uh, in abortion. And even if the South Australia law changes, uh, I think it'll change back uh, along with the other states to reflect true science, uh, true compassion and, um, you know, uh, knowing that all children are made in the image of God.
1: There is an element of hope in there. Dan, uh, time's running short. Just one more uh, quick issue uh, to get your thoughts on because uh, over the last weekend, the Labour leader, Anthony Albanese, addressed attendees at what's called the Towards 2022 Ideas for Labour in Australia. And and, uh, as I understand it, they were talking about What happens with the Christian faith communities in Australia and uh, the fact that in the lead up to the last election, uh, the Christians were basically ignored and the Labor was doing their own thing. Uh, What are your thoughts for uh, some of the things that might have been presented and some of the media that's going on around how Labor is thinking about the Christian community?
0: Well, it's important to know that they have actually acknowledged that they lost ground in Western Sydney on this issue. Uh, there's, in fact, uh, New South Wales Labor MP Jihad Dib uh, from Lakemba, uh, who was saying over the weekend that the passing of same-sex marriage had an impact in Western Sydney because conservative, culturally uh, Christian people uh, felt that they were made to feel there was something wrong with them because they didn't feel, sa- you know, didn't agree with same-sex marriage. So that's a powerful sentiment. Uh, we now see um, Anthony Albanese reaching out to uh to christian groups like ourselves um and also to um the newspaper uh and other um uh, channels to communicate to the christian voters uh that they hear us uh, so let's let's um uh, see that this really manifests in some genuine change by labor in their platform uh to be um more friendly to life uh more friendly to traditional marriage Uh, and more friendly to the idea that you can assert that God made male and female and uh, that that uh, is a a valid view that should not be crushed in the drive to uh, blend sort of transgender ideology in the Labor platform. So uh, great that there are statements being made. Uh, We would like to see this reflected in the ALP, ALP platform in a way that it wasn't before the May 2019
1: election? Uh, It's a, a long, ongoing battle, struggle... Uh, for truth in this whole issue, and uh, so when political party platforms don 't reflect a biblical view, uh, then somehow or other the bible 's not changing so if those parties want to win back a Christian constituent constituency somehow or other yes. they 've got to uh, they 've got to alter their own uh policy base to attract that voter's back uh, one more very, very quick one, and uh, as I understand, this is something that 's just uh uh, it's just starting to break, and I'm not sure there's a lot of details around it at the moment, but a government minister, Stuart Robert, he has been baptising people in the Jordan River in Israel. Uh, is this uh, is this something you're much aware of, Dan? Yes, look,
0: uh, we are aware of this. Uh, Stuart Robert is on his own personal leave, and he's actually a volunteer with his church, and so the church group travels over, they've taken a trip to the Holy Land's, and um, so as part of that, he uh, and uh, his wife and others in the church are baptising people in the River Jordan. Well, you know, so what? Um, this is an MP on personal leave. Uh, he's making, you know, a pilgrimage according to the tenets of his faith. Um, and But there's criticism being raised in the papers. I suppose we could ask this question, Neil, if it was, you know, somebody... Making a pilgrimage according to the tenets of another faith, uh, be it Islam, that wouldn't raise an eyebrow. In fact, commentators might say, "Well, you know, they might praise his piety." So, I think this is um, uh, an attack on his Christianity um, and a cheap shot, quite frankly. Uh, he's on personal leave. Um, he is baptising people, and um, you know, Mark sixteen fifteen was read in the intro uh, to this particular. Um, a uh, particular sort of program that we're doing, um, and um, you know uh, that says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and that was that was read a moment ago uh, on the radio station. So this is a, a central part of Christianity. There's no problems with him doing that on his personal leave.
1: Well, I think Stuart Robert has probably gone up in the estimate of listeners to our conversation today. Dan Flynn always enjoy our updates. Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time today. The Chief Political Officer at the Australian Christian Lobby let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website uh, where you can get resourced uh, for understanding the way these issues are developing around the nation. Uh, For a lot of people those are prayer points. Uh, For others this is a point of connection as to how you can make a difference uh, supporting organisations like the Australian Christian Lobby. ACL.org.au that's ACL.org au. Dan, thanks for taking some time to update us today on 2020.
0: That's my pleasure. Thank you, Neil.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen
0: to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.